So good morning, church family. Uh, this is certainly a, a different season. This is the first time I'm doing this and I'm here and I'm so grateful for this team. Wow, I'm realizing what it has taken for us to go live and they're in the room with me. So I just wanna say thank you, you guys, for your hard work. And um, man, church, I miss seeing your faces. I miss doing this in person, but here we are. We're in interesting times. You know, I'm sure you're like us where you're finding yourself having to adjust and adjust again. We've had to adjust as families in our workplaces. We've had to adjust as a church. And, you know, the question that I don't know about you, but my kids are asking me constantly is, when is this going to be over? When do we get to go back to life? And, and you know, I know that's such a question right now because really it means that we're living in uncertainty. We're really like, there's things that we don't control and there's things that we don't have answers for. We don't have a clear sense of, of what we should and shouldn't do. We don't have a clear sense of what's right or wrong. And you know, it's really actually easy to start feeling powerless in the face of decisions that feel outside of our control. And the other thing that I see is so much emotions and so many opinions flying around. And Dennis, just in that video, talked from James 1. And there's so much about times of challenge. There's so much about times of difficulty that actually become real revealers of our heart. And, you know, Dennis talked about James 1, where it's like trials actually become a testing of our faith. Trials become a revealer of what our anchor is in. And there's something to be said about recognizing what comes out when our heart is under pressure, right? And what comes out of me when my heart is under pressure is a really good sign of what my faith actually is in. And so one of the things that I notice is whenever we get into hard times, one of our easy responses is, what should I do? What am I going to do? Here we, we move into, we wanna spring into action. And it's often like we don't like uncertainty. We want things that we can control. So we want something that we can do. And it's so interesting. I was watching a, a podcast from John Maxwell the other day and John Maxwell was talking about how people feel more stressed in uncertainty than they do with bad news. Because with bad news, you can then go, what am I gonna do? But with uncertainty, you don't entirely know what to do. And that's often a place where we can easily just move into stress. And I just wanna talk about how as people of God, we wanna make sure that before we move into what am I gonna do or what are the answers or what is right or what's wrong, that actually our first move, our first question is what is God saying? And what is God doing? Because we wanna be anchored into heaven is the reality. And you know, as believers, we never wanna just react to circumstance. The goal in a God-centered life is that we live from His voice in every situation, in every season. But I just also recognize that in seasons of challenge, in seasons of trial, in seasons of uncertainty, the noise and the distraction just increases so much that we actually have to pay extra attention to refine our senses, to tap into what is the voice of God in this season. 
And, you know, I did a Bible study online a couple of weeks ago where I talked from Psalm 46. And I think Psalm 46 is such a key scripture to press into in this hour. And if you look in Psalm 46, and I'm just going to go over it real briefly, but it starts out by saying, the Lord is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. And then it goes on to describe the scenario where it's saying, even when the earth shake and the mountains fall and the waters roar and rage and the mountains crumble into the sea, like it's describing a scene of total destruction and total chaos. And in the Passion Translation, if you look at it, it says, so we will never fear even if every structure of support crumbles away. Even if every structure of support crumbles away. And there's a little bit that we feel like that's kind of happening in our time right now. And so it's describing this picture that's actually like pretty scary. And then at the same time, it just goes right on to say, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. And I find it so interesting that it's describing a picture of two things that are happening at exactly the same time. On the one hand, there's like structures of support that are crumbling and and mountains that are falling and earth that is shaking. But at the same time, it says there is a river whose streams make glad. It's a river of supply. It's a river of favor. It's a river of provision. It's a river of grace that's saying is going to the city of God. Well, who's the city of God? We are. It says it goes into the dwelling places of God. That is us. And then it goes on and it gives us two instructions in that Psalm. Two instructions when structures of support are falling. What does it say? It says, behold the works of the Lord and then cease striving. And so really what it's talking about is when this is all happening and this is real and there's things are shaking and support systems going down. However, in the middle of all of that, we need to turn and we're looking for where is the river? Where is the river of God? And our job is a job of focus. Come behold what God is doing. Because in that place, we cease striving. It means that we let go and we move into experiencing God. We experience what God is doing. We partner with what God is doing in the middle of the chaos. And so it brings me back to the question, what becomes such an important question in this time? What is God saying? What is God doing? And I don't have a comprehensive list by any means of everything that God is saying and everything that God is doing. But I know that in this hour, Aaron and I, we're listening a lot to podcasts. We're pressing into leaders that we really respect and hearing from them. If you didn't hear the Facebook Live that Dennis was on with Pat Donaldson on Thursday night, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was absolutely phenomenal. And there's so many good resources and leaders who are just in this hour saying things like that. Aaron and I have been on calls with other pastors in other cities and we're in the scripture and we're in prayer. You're wanting to anchor yourself. You know, the Bible gives provision for how to align ourselves in every situation, in every hour. And so you're wanting to press into what does that say? And it's so interesting that in the middle of this, the word that we keep hearing over and over again is opportunity. Opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And I love what John Maxwell says. He says, we are surrounded by visual problems with hidden opportunities. Visual problems with hidden opportunities. Now, look, I don't deny or minimize at all 
that there is challenges in this season. Man, if your family is in need and if your family has challenges, reach out because we really care and I'm not minimizing that at all. But at the same time, I am saying that in the middle of it, there is a river that's flowing from heaven that has the provision of God and we're called to an issue into focus. Where is God's provision coming? Where is that river flowing? And how do I get on board with it? And so the three opportunities that I wanna talk about this morning, and I'm just gonna go over them quickly, is one, there is an opportunity in this hour for humility and repentance. There's an opportunity for an advance and an upgrade. And there's opportunity for us as the people of God to put Jesus on display. And I just wanna make sure that we as a family are pressing into each of those opportunities. So first of all, the opportunity for humility and repentance. And again, I'm just gonna go back to that place where in any season, we're looking for the model of scripture. What is the biblical response laid out for the people of God in scripture? Because we know that if we align ourselves with his word, it attracts his blessing, right? And so really in a season of challenge like this, one of the number one biblical responses you can find in 2 Chronicles 7. In 2 Chronicles 7, you've got the dedication of Solomon's temple and God comes and speaks and he says, and I'm gonna start from verse 13. We know verse 14 pretty well, but I'm gonna share verse 13 as well. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, Now, I'm so thankful that we're living in New Testament times. I am not saying that God has sent this at all. But I am saying that there's still a response here that we can look at in the sense of like, there is a plague right now. And and so he goes on to say, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And so there's one of those things like, look, when we are calling on God right now, which I, man, we are as a church, as a family, as individuals, we're saying, God, intervene on behalf of our land. Well, the biblical precedence for that is we start in the place of humility and our role in that is humility, prayer, repentance. We humble ourselves first. And there is a humbling that is happening right now because the thing that we're realizing is we cannot control our circumstances and we cannot control the outcome. Raging against the government is not controlling the outcome. And so there's this humbling that's happening that it's like, man, we can do our jobs well, we can invest well, we can do all of that, and yet we cannot control our circumstances right now. And there is a humbling that comes when we recognize when our structures of support are not doing the things that we thought that they would, that there's this thing in our heart that's like, oh God, I need you. God, we are not in control. You are. And it really becomes a challenge to our pride when we recognize there are times that our hard work sometimes does not achieve the results that we thought it would or that we thought it should. And so we wanna make sure that there is just this humbling in our hearts that comes back to this absolute need for God and this absolute recognition, oh, I have a good, good father 
who absolutely is in control. And I just want to humble myself and I want to tuck myself up under him, right? But then with humility comes prayer. Humble myself and pray. Why? Because prayer is the chief sign that I'm in humility. Prayer is the chief expression of humility. Because what happens when I recognize that I'm not in control and I need God, I actually press into that place of prayer, right? Prayer is where I wrestle with God and where I invite Him in and where I lay myself down and where He gets magnified. And I start saying, oh God, okay, not my will, your will, your will, God. And then that's where I find it so interesting. We humble ourselves and pray. And then it says, and turn from our wicked ways. Why? Because in the place of prayer, our stuff starts showing up. In the place of prayer. And if you listen to the interview that I think came out on Wednesday with Gabe Stridham from South Africa, I love just what he taught. We get confronted with ourselves. You know, that's when sometimes we see a little bit of our pride. We see some of the places where we've perhaps built our strength on the wrong thing. It starts getting, we're like in a place of any false structure of support is getting exposed, right? And so I don't see humility and prayer just coming also without repentance, And I think there's this beautiful opportunity right now to actually allow ourselves to get refined and just invite God. Is there any place that I've been building according to the wrong thing? God, is there any place where I actually haven't been living out of a need from you? God, would you refine me in this season? But honestly, even outside of that, I think, It's been so interesting as we've talked to other pastors and leaders around the country. One of the things that Aaron and I have heard so much from people is just like, man, I'm just in a place of repentance right now. God is showing me things that I just didn't see. Like there's selfishness that's coming to the surface. There's attitudes that are being exposed. And I just think there's just this opportunity that sometimes at the pace of life we were living in, we were moving so fast that we didn't always see. We didn't always see just some of our stuff that was coming up and affecting our family. We weren't always seeing places where like we have these selfish moments and then we're just moving right along to the next thing. And I think sometimes in just in the slow down, we get to see a little bit more of ourselves. I know just even the other day, you know, I'm at home and and I'm getting gently asked like, well, you just seem a little on edge right now. Like what's going on? And you're like, man, I I need to go away and examine any attitude that's on display right now and go spend some time with Jesus and learn and understand what's happening inside of me because I don't want my family to pay the price. And so I do just think God is attracted to humility and we're in a season where we're inviting God. So let's take the opportunity to humble our hearts, to allow repentance to have its work, to live in awareness of our attitudes. Hey, what is coming up and out of me? What is on display in my life? Is there any selfishness that's coming to the surface? Is there any pride that's coming to the surface? Is there any little attitude of entitlement or any of that? And let's get ourselves in this place before God where I'm just gonna humble myself. I'm just gonna draw near to you. I'm just gonna let this be a season of refinement and purity of my heart. 
Does that sound good? Right? So number one, an opportunity for humility and repentance. And then number two, opportunity for advancement. And I know that may not feel like that right now. In fact, for a lot of families, it actually may feel like they're going backwards. But I just want to come back to like, here is another biblical principle of how we react to difficult times. And Dennis read it earlier, James 1, verse 2 to 3. I'm going to read it from the Passion. My fellow believers, when it seems though you are facing nothing but difficulty, I want you to see it as an invaluable opportunity. I'm going to say that again. When it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulty, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to enjoy all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. You know, the biblical response to difficulty is joy. We know that we have the correct biblical perspective to difficulty when we respond with joy. Why? Because God is going to use circumstances to bring testing on our faith, but to bring us into maturity, which means that in this season, there is an opportunity for me to grow into maturity. There is an opportunity for me to advance in the things of God. And there's this process that God puts us through and He will use trials, even ones that He didn't send, He will use trials to test us. What happens? It puts pressure on us and it becomes an exposer of the things of our heart. It will expose where I'm anchored in faith and where I'm not. And then as that comes up to the surface and we go through a little bit of that repentance thing that I was talking about, it actually deepens us. As we go, you know what? I'm going to make some adjustments. I'm going to shift my anchor further into God. I'm going to let this develop endurance in me. I'm going to let this anchor me into an unshakable God. I'm going to let this turn and I'm going to start looking for what God is doing and I'm going to make the choice to partner with it. So I'm going to start declaring what He's declaring. I'm going to start letting Him come to life inside of me and let the kingdom be expressed through me. And so what it does, it establishes something deeper inside of me. And what I find so interesting, I don't know about you, but Aaron and I have been on more Zoom calls. We're connecting with more people relationally over the phone. We're like on the phone with old friends, people that we haven't talked with in a long time. We've been coaching people in this season where we are on Zoom a lot. But what we've found so interesting is what's happened in a season where a lot, and I know not everybody's gotten to slow down. I know some people are having to work more than ever, but the majority of us are just a little bit slower in this season. And what's so interesting is what we're seeing come to the surface is people recognizing, I'm not where I want to be. I actually am doing a job that I don't know I want to be doing. I actually don't want to go back to what that was. I perhaps don't have the marriage that I want to have. You know, it just so many people are actually coming into seasons of realization that when they stop and they look at the life that they wanted to live versus the life that they are living, they're realizing that there's some things out of alignment they're realizing that perhaps they haven't lived by the values that they thought that they would live on. 
You know, we've talked to people who are realizing, man, I was so focused on earning money and I was so focused on provision that I'm suddenly realizing I actually sacrificed my marriage and my family to that. And that's not the values I thought that I would have. And so there's so much awakening, I think, that is happening right now that we're actually being given the opportunity to ask ourselves, what are our core values? And am I living in alignment with them? Because the opportunity that we're having right now is a chance to go, where am I going to invest in this next season? In fact, where am I going to invest in this season right now towards the things that I value? And so I think there's some great questions that we get to ask ourselves right now. Am I building the life that I want? Am I living the life that I want? Am I investing my time and my resources in the things that actually matter for eternity? Have I been living for eternity or have I been living for the here and now? Am I doing a good job of providing but a poor job of leading my family? And have I been building my own life in God? And have I been building my family's life in God? When we're a season where right now the the focus on the meeting on the home is so important, have we got something as a family in God that we can invest in right now? And here's the deal. I think busyness has been an excuse to not have to address unintentional living. I'm gonna say that again. I think busyness has been an excuse to not have to address unintentional living. And I think our busyness has gotten stripped away and now we have an opportunity to decide, are we gonna live on purpose? Are we gonna live intentionally? Are we gonna invest into the things that matter in eternity? And that's why I say it's an opportunity for an advancement. You know, we in our house are going, we have time. What do we wanna invest in building? On purpose. Like, don't let's not go to sleep. Let's not go on vacation. Let's not just pass our time until we think that we're going to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to normal. I want to come out stronger. I want to come out better. I want to come out deeper in God. So I just challenge you right now. There is an opportunity for advancement. So, number one, opportunity for humility and repentance. Number two, an opportunity for an advancement. And then number three is the opportunity to put Jesus on display. Now, what are the ways that flesh responds to crisis? What are the ways that flesh responds to uncertainty or difficulty? You know, some of the most common flesh responses that we see is anger, hopelessness, powerlessness. We see blame. We see tons of opinions flying around. Look, when we're in uncertainty, we're trying to find something certain. And so we tend to move towards right and wrong. Who can I blame for this? And how can I make them get me back to a place of certainty? And I think it's easy, especially here in Alaska, honestly, we've remained somewhat insulated from the true suffering that some people are walking through in this season. And I just want us to be so careful that, Our focus is on, am I having a response that puts Jesus on display? Or am I having a reaction of the flesh towards uncertainty? 
I'm just going to ask that question again. Am I having a response that puts Jesus on display? Or am I having a reaction of the flesh towards uncertainty? And that really matters right now. You know, I was talking to Brenda right before service and she was like, opinions are free. And I'm like, it's true. And there's lots of them right now. Opinions are free, but I'll tell you what, the character of Jesus actually costs us something. The reality is, is that people are suffering right now. I've been volunteering at the food bank a little bit in this season. And there is something that happens when we actually come face to face with people suffering. Like it's easy to sit in my home and be really removed. And in that place, I can feel really easy to get involved in a lot of the opinions that are flying around. But when I'm face to face with people suffering, it doesn't help me to tell them my opinion. You know, and it just really brings me back to some of what we spent months preaching before this about as followers of Jesus, as apprentices of Jesus. We wanna follow in His way and we want His character to be on display in us. And so it's really brought me back to what is the way of Jesus? What did Jesus look like when people were suffering? And I just really felt the simplicity of the encouragement from the moment when Jesus fed the 5,000. And I was looking at it this week. I just found it so interesting. You've got these people who have come out to follow Jesus and they're out in, in the middle of nowhere and the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, the people are hungry, send them home. And Jesus looks at them and says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. And I think it was Philip who's like, it would cost us so much money. Right? And there's this flesh response that's like, get me away from the suffering. And then there's a Jesus response that looks with compassion on the people and moves to meet their needs. Like he cares about their needs. And I just want us to be above all. Like right now in this season, people need to see a compassionate Jesus. And we might be the only representation of Jesus that people might see in our neighborhoods. And when they see us, I am so passionate that they would see the nature and the character of Jesus. And I've been so reminded of Hebrews 4 in this season. When you look at it in the Passion Translation, it just says, He has compassion on our frailty and He understands our humanity. And then it says, therefore come boldly because you'll experience grace and mercy. And I just wanna use those words again and again over the character and nature of Jesus. Compassion, understanding, grace, mercy. Compassion, understanding, grace, mercy. And so just church, I just gentle reminder. And honestly, I want that. I wanna see that on display in the way that we show up everywhere, including on social media. Is the character and nature of Jesus on display out of us in this season? How well are we representing Him to a world that's in chaos right now? And I know there's been so many beautiful displays from this church. There's been such amazing generosity. Don't stop. It's amazing. I, I just want us to be refined by the character and nature of Jesus in every area of our life in this season. So that there we have it. In this season, an opportunity for humility and repentance, 
an opportunity for an advancement, an opportunity to put the character and nature of Jesus on display. And so church, we just encourage you to press into all that Jesus has in this season. And I'm just gonna give you a minute we're gonna take communion and we've loved doing this as a family. I think it's just been one of the beautiful opportunities we've had to do this every week. And I'm just gonna reach down here and we've got this right now. And so I just want us as a family just to take a moment to just respond to Jesus through the act of taking communion. And just really, again, just step into, like, let's humble ourselves before Him. Let's remember Him. Let's remember that He has actually provided for everything that we need. And just press into, oh, Jesus, we're going to center ourselves again on you this morning. And at the same time, we're just going to invite you to do a deeper work in our lives to put your word to work in our lives, to let it well up in joy, let it well up in humility, let it well up in repentance. So can we just do that together this morning? So I'm just gonna pray and then we're gonna take communion and then the worship team's gonna lead us in a final song. So Jesus, we remember you. We thank you that the cross made everything possible. We thank you that the cross, through the cross, you have actually provided for everything that we need in this season. And so Jesus, we respond by just bringing our focus back to you. We thank you that there is a river that is strengthening the people of God in this hour. And so God, we just invite your strength to come into our homes. And at the same time, we humble ourselves. We acknowledge, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need You. Let our hearts be humbled before You. And we just ask for the fullness of everything that You wanna do in this season to be established in our hearts and in our homes. In Jesus' Name. So let's just take that together. And Jesus, we just thank You for the blood. God, even when we step into repentance, we know that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. God, because because as we repent, we find mercy and we find grace that strengthens us in the time of need. So we thank You that in Your blood that You shed for us, You actually already provided mercy, You provided grace, You provided strength. And so God, we just lean into that in this season. We thank You that our strength flows from You and we just invite it into every era of our lives. So thank You, Jesus. Thank You for Your blood. So how about as a family, we just step into one more moment of worship this morning. God, we will not shrink back. We will only go forward. I will not shrink back. I will only go forward. I will fix my eyes on the prize, my Jesus. Lord Jesus, 
this is our desire, that you be glorified in our lives in this hour. That you would be lifted up. You say, if you're lifted up, you will draw all men unto you. And we just declare the grace over the church right now, our lives, to unveil the goodness of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. That we would walk in humility. That we would actually would nail this trial with joy and praise and provision of your presence. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in the church in this hour. We welcome the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit, the cleansing fire of God, the washing away of those things that are not profitable for revelation of the King and His dominion on this earth, God. Yeah, Lord. Thank you, God. Yeah, I just come into agreement, Father, that you're loosing the gift of intercession right now. Such a good word from Carla. Always is powerful respond and one of the ways I'd like you to respond actually at home right now is I want us to pray for a governor um, Governor Dunleavy you know there are a lot of people that can complain right now but complain doesn't help <laughs> praying does and uh, and so if you could as a family or as a couple or even as an individual after we're done here if you could spend some time and pray for wisdom he's asked the church to pray for divine wisdom and then pray for our president president trump i can't imagine the challenge of leading in this season and uh, if the church will pray and not complain things can shift very rapidly over our nation and so i just encourage you guys at home around the table around the living room stand up spend some time invite one another like how can we pray strategically and pray for those leaders uh, that affect our lives and affect our country so we bless you God loves you. I declare the peace and the joy of the Lord over your home. In Jesus' name. See you soon.